This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 232 of Dublin Dane. Yes, for two episodes into that title, and I love saying it. I don't think I'm ever going to get tired of saying Dublin Dane. <laughs> and my name is Tim, and joining me is the aforementioned Dublin Dane. Dane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here from Dublin, <laughs> Dublin, Ireland. Broadcasting uh, live, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, broadcasting live from Dublin, Ireland. Um, no, uh, it's good to be here, Tim. You know, uh, I, I always love doing this with you, Tim. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's our form of therapy, right? I would definitely agree with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the nitty gritty of this episode, we got to piggyback on something from last week's episode where we're talking about our favorites of 2021, and on my favorite video games choice was. The Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and I just told Dane how much I loved it. We even talked about it more after we were recording. We finished recording the last episode, and Dane, I really encouraged him to start it because it did become available on Xbox Game Pass. I think just the same week we recorded our last episode. So Dane has started playing it, and I believe now he's kept me updated throughout his progress of the game, but. He did tell me if you finished it or not, but I assume now you have finished Mass Effect 1, Dane. So I am really anxious to hear your full review of your first experience and playthrough of Mass Effect. Well, I haven't finished it yet. You haven't? Okay. No. I I only got to... Um, oh, I, I forget the planet's name. Uh, Vermeer? Is it Vermeer? Vermeer. Vermeer, right. I, I finished Vermeer. Um... I have to say, Tim, you might be onto something uh, with this Mass Effect thing. I know it's been, you know, I don't know, 15 years since the game came out. Mm, uh, but, it's hard to believe. Yeah, I, I, I think you may be correct that this, I, now I can see why people consider this to be like their top game of all time. Um, 
maybe maybe if I played this game back when it came out, I'd be the same way as you. Um, but uh, you know, of course, I, I I still I still love it, and and I can see why you, know, you guys, you know, go on and on about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, I'm so glad to hear that because the first game is a great game in its own right, but. If you feel this way about the first one, I really can't wait for you to play Mass Effect 2 and 3 because those ones just take it to a whole nother level. So, <laughs> yeah, really glad you're enjoying this one. Yeah, that, that's what I'm hearing. And um, just to get a few cons out of the way, uh, or maybe I should just ask you, Jim, does uh, the combat get a little better? Um Maybe it's, I mean, it is because it's a 15-year-old game or whatever, but I, I feel some of the, the combat is, a, is, is laggy, um, and it doesn't really have, like, that, I don't know, polish on it. Well, I keep saying this to you a lot when you were texting me about it, and I'm going to probably say it a lot right now, but... Almost everything gets improved in the next game, <laughs> and combat is definitely one of them. You'll notice right away from the very first mission you do in the second game, you'll see, feel how tight the controls are and just how smooth it is in the gameplay department. So, yes, I could definitely say that does improve in the second one. Okay. Also, uh, my second one is, does the running get, it, get any better? Can you go any faster than your, your casual jog? No, yeah, there is a like a run dash button. And I thought, yeah, I'm but it's, sure. it's finite though. It's it's like you can only do it for so long. No, I I never really felt an issue with that to be honest. <laughs> so to me, it's always yeah. been okay. But and but you do get a pretty cool biotic move called charge in the second game that just lets you kind of go pretty much speed across from one end of the room to another <laughs> and attack an enemy. Yeah. So <laughs> that that helps with the. If you want to get to a location a little quicker. Okay. And then my third one is a big one. Is does the planet exploration get any less boring? <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it... so boring. It's like, why do I need to go here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Because they kind of okay. get rid of it altogether. <laughs> honestly. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Because have... that one is like, that's one of my like, uh, biggest complaints about Mass Effect is sometimes you, you're doing a side mission and then you gotta go to this planet and then it's just a blank map and you gotta try and find you gotta go through the entire map to try to find this one little area yeah. that you can get like the, the log at or oh, find yeah. out what happened to the guys or whatever that, that that's one of my biggest uh, uh, complaints also the uh the controls on the uh, oh. is it is the Mako? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's that's one of the worst controlled yeah. vehicles I've ever I've ever <laughs> driven in a video game. It's so bad, especially on um, I forget the name of that planet, the the, the business planet um, with the hotel. Jeez, uh, I'm forgetting. Is it? No, I don't think it's Pharaohs, or is it Pharaohs? No, it is. Yeah, oh, sorry, number two. Yeah, yeah. Like, like once you get out of that first area, and you got to take the Mako to the second ah, area, right. and uh, there's, a, there's like a bunch of um, objects in the way, and it's just like you're you're going straight. You you hit a little, I don't know, 
pothole and then you go flying yeah. in 85 different directions you know um that's that's my third uh complaint that i mean you know so, so, sort of like all together is like does the driving get better does the exploration get any better you know <laughs> yeah so like all that stuff you will not have to worry about in the second and third game because <laughs> the mecco oh, yeah. is pretty much another thing they just completely get rid of <laughs> Oh really? They, yeah. They get rid of it completely. Like it, like it, you don't even drive it. Nope. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Good. Good. It, it 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 becomes more of a action adventure game yes. rather than like exploration sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. That that has me excited. Um, there because, is like, a different. I, I, there is a different feature in Mass Effect too that I'm kind of curious how you what you think about it. You might think it's boring as well, but. I don't know, for some reason, I like doing it because you have you can still visit each planet, but then you can send out these probes to the planet to pick up like these elements and materials to help upgrade your ship and weapons. And you just basically go on this galaxy map, you select a planet, you send a probe, you scan the planet, and see if it'll tell you like if there's something there to send a probe. And then you could do that almost for every planet. So I did like that feature in Mass Effect 2. I kind of got addicted to it a little bit, but... That's another yeah. thing. I'm not sure how much you'll spend too much time on it if you'll find that boring or not. But I'll be curious to hear yeah. what you think about that feature. It's because in, in Mass Effect One, it's it's like you have a side mission, and then you know you gotta go find the guys or what happens to the guys, right? And then you go to the planet or the system, and then the planet, and then you know um, you, you get dropped down in the Mako, and then you're just wandering around, and it's like after a while, like uh. I was just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna focus on the main story. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not gonna go off. I mean, I I know I'm missing some story and I'm missing some gear and uh, XP and stuff, but it's like I, I just can't do it. I just can't go to the planets and like search for 30 minutes trying to find this the thing. You know, um, my uh, fourth complaint is. Uh, probably my biggest complaint i'd say and that is the uh unlock skill for some of the chests it's like you gotta have the right team makeup before you even get to the planet (laughs) that's my biggest complaint and i i I know you said in the second game um you know things uh how does it go tim like you you, you're automatically given credit for for it even it's like, even though you don't have the person with you you don't need those skills like there's like these kind of like puzzle mini games that if you need to unlock a chest or something so you just have to do that but it doesn't matter what like class you are or what's your skill levels at you could just pack any of those like chests or doors so yeah yeah the button uh pad uh puzzles right You're talking yeah they're about, a little like, different okay. they're a little different yeah. in the second game yeah but Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my complaints um, about the game. And it's good uh, to say that all those complaints are addressed in the next one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, from what I hear, it seems like Bioware, um, you know, really, really listened to you know what was wrong with their first game, and they put it into their second game. So. Yeah. Got to give them props uh, for that. As for the story, uh, I really found myself being engaged with it you know how like the, the council doesn't really trust humans 
and then you become the first human specter and then you know like um they still don't trust you and I'm not gonna lie to you, Tim. I th- th- there were some times after I finished the planet that I was completely rude and cut <laughs> them off. It's like you know I'm not dealing with you guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I cannot wait to find out what you do in the very last mission of the game. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now that you said that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the end, end of the game, how close am I to beating it? I yeah. just finished uh, Vermeer. Yeah, you're pretty close. That's what I thought you might have finished it by now. Um, since you told me you finished the Vermeer mission, there's not really many stuff after Oops. that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm definitely going to beat it today. Then, it, for, from from the sounds of it, but uh, the story, I I really love it. I, yeah, it's I, so good. <laughs> at, at first, I was a little standoffish. I was like, okay, this is just another Star Wars ripoff. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> And then I sort of started getting more interested in it, especially with like um, uh, Captain, um, I forget his name already, or, or Commander. Uh, Don't tell me Shepard. Uh, right? <laughs> no, not Shepard. Not Shepard. I was going to say, you don't uh, remember your own name? <laughs> uh, You're Commander in the beginning of the game. Oh, Cap- Anderson. Yeah, Captain Anderson and like his history. And um, no, j- just how it plays into the game. And um, I am blanking on uh, the villain's name. <laughs> I know they've said it like 5,000 times. Saren. Uh, Saren, yeah. Um, just seeing how like, they have the back and forth. That, that, that was the initial thing that got me really into the game. And how once you go to the Citadel, there's people with different stories. Uh, there's side missions on the Citadel with, with uh, different stories that they characters with their own story and they're off doing their own thing um that's sort of what got me interested in in the uh or or made me start paying attention to the story and then you have the whole thing with Saren, what he's trying to do he's trying to bring bring back the reapers and um essentially trying to do the 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 eternal storyline in <laughs> mass effect um, first. <laughs> yeah, Mass Effect first, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, just trying to do the the eternal storyline. Um, that I can't wait to see how that shakes out. I mean, I'm sure Shepard's going to save the day, Tim. I don't know. I have a feeling. But uh, <laughs> well, the choice uh, is yours, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really, I mean, despite my complaint. Uh, is I, I I really like the the gunplay in the game. Uh, I like the cover system. I like how you have to actually use the cover system. You yeah. can't just walk into a room and just like um, you know start blasting away. Um, so yeah, I, I I love the story. I love the gameplay. I love some of the puzzles, except for that one <laughs> uh, in the. In, in that reactor yeah <laughs> that would take me forever to figure it out i forgot about that when i replayed it again yeah. i was like oh i forgot about that <laughs> it was so frustrating I, I i almost looked it up i almost looked at the walkthrough but i i figured uh, it i wouldn't blame you if you did <laughs> I, I don't know how i figured it out tim uh, i can't explain it to you i can't go into a detailed thing of how i did it 
uh, but I eventually did. Um, I, but I, I think where the game really, really shines is not the overall story. I think it is the side missions, especially on uh, Pharaohs. The the Pharaohs mission really got me interested in the story, where it's like you, there's multiple branches you can sort of take to get the security pass to get to the yeah. top, right? Uh, yeah, because you could shoot your way through that if you want. <laughs> yeah, and you can spy on businessmen, or you can uh, help the secret uh, undercover agent. Um, that's what I really uh, that that's what I really liked about it. Um, and just like how, like I said, everybody has their own individual story, and yeah, I just get so invested Bio- in it. Yeah, Bioware really did a good job on that, and it's it's what they did did you know better than anyone in the Baldur's Gate series, which is the only other Bio Bioware games I've played besides Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I really miss playing a Bioware game and actually enjoying it. <laughs> you know, what was the last one you played was Anthem, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and you saw what happened with that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played the Dragon Age games, uh, but but I I see they're on the Game Pass, and I do have it downloaded on my Xbox. So I haven't played uh, those either, but I've heard they're really good too. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 you know, like the spiritual successors to their uh, Baldur's Gate games. Uh, but, um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I can go into the story, I can go into, like, the gameplay and stuff and the puzzles, and but it's it, it's it's more like the character story. And I, yeah. I really appreciate how you can, how you can um, uh, go and talk to, various characters on your ship uh that are part of your team and get a little little more backstory like for instance ashley doesn't uh she doesn't trust anyone it seems like especially Um, not aliens that's for sure (laughs) yeah yeah she's literally a racist (laughs) so um yeah just little stuff like that um i i kind of wish they made the the um the upgrade system a little easier um and i also wish they made the um uh or or at least the menu you, you know when you're um you you're uh switching out your guns and stuff yeah i, I wish they made that a little more intuitive um it's not like a broken record that's another thing they address in the second one too yeah. so. <laughs> And while we're at it, uh, another small, little, small, little, Tim, small, little complaint that I have because I do like the fact that you don't know where you're going, um, is the fact that you don't know where you're going. You know, <laughs> um, the, the, the mission details are like, uh, go talk to Tim, he is located in the Northwest building in the eighth sector of the area right <laughs> i i wish there was a little more a little more guidance but mm. um is that something that they work on in the... but yeah that's in the third one i know they have like a a system or i think we just clicked like the right stick and it shows you where your objective's at oh okay i see 
Um, but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it's it's so great to be playing a massive. I mean, a a Bioware game that I truly enjoy, and that's 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 one thing I'm I'm sort of coming away with. And like every time, like I finish a planet, it's like, wow, that was really that was really well done. You know, um, that that planet story is really well done. Um, so yeah, that's. That's my review. Awesome. So glad you're enjoying it. Sounds like as much as I did and you're really getting into the whole story and the universe and the characters. Cause like you said, that's, I think Mass Effect's biggest strength is its characters and it only yeah. gets better as the story goes on in the second and third game. And by the time you get to the end of the third game, you might even get a little weepy as far as saying goodbye to some character. <laughs> but again, or maybe some of the decisions oh. you make, some characters might not even make it to the second or third game. It all depends on you. So, <laughs> well, you, like I told you, Tim, Caden isn't. You know, he's not. Yeah, <laughs> that's like one of the biggest decisions in that game. I remember playing that for the first time. Like, oh shoot, <laughs> like they're actually making me choose. And who did you choose, Tim? I chose Ashley the first time, but then when I was replaying yeah. it this time, I was like. Man, she really is kind of a jerk. And like you said, it was a flat-out racist. I thought I chose Kaden on this one. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, that one is a little hard because you had set me up before, and I was like, okay, somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to get it. And, um, you know, it, it, just listening to, like, okay, so we got to send guys here, and they're going to be, like, uh, a distraction, and a lot of them are going to die, so... Uh, who do you want to send? So I was like, oh, okay. So that person that I'm going to send is going to die. And um, yeah, so I sent Caden. And then you get another chance to save the character, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I saved, I, I saved Ashley again. So yeah. I, it, it's, it's only the fact that, it, or because Caden didn't really have like that sort of story, like say Liara. Right, Liara's mom is closely connected to Saren, and you know, yeah. it's just Caden is just like a guy, you know, like a a fellow uh, marine, you know. Mm, <laughs> so I was like, so. uh, uh, sorry, Caden, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there's gonna be like another, like I said, there's some big choices at the end, and this as the games progress, certain decisions you make, some characters might not be with you. So I, that's why I, I just can't wait to hear your journey as you play all the games and see what out, the outcomes you get so uh, it makes me yeah. so happy that you're loving it yeah i love it i i can see why this is like right up there with star wars for you um cool ships cool planets cool, cool alien designs i'm i might alien go on record designs. saying it's the best aliens yeah. designs in any sci-fi i love the aliens looks in mass effect all of them look unique and different they're not like ripping off anything from Star Wars or Star Trek, it's so unique to its own universe, and they all look great. Yeah, you're probably correct. Um, I can't really think of any other sci-fi that I was like super into, like the design aspect of it. Yeah, besides Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I I totally enjoy this game, and I can see why you guys, all of you Mass Effect fans, and uh, celebrate November seventh, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see why. Days. Yeah, I, I I can see why you guys love it. Um, I can tell you right now, if I played this fifteen years ago, I would be right there with you, Tim. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I love it. Bioware did an extremely good job. It's, it's really impressive. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard the Normandy of the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Normandy design is so cool. That's that. That is one of the coolest ships I've ever seen in a in any sci-fi. I I gotta say, the Normandy. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, uh, one other aspect, Tim. Uh, just really quick is, I really like how it's it's sort of like an us versus them sort of thing. Uh uh-huh. like, Yeah. I mean, I touched on this earlier, where it's like, it's 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 like it's it's you your crew versus the the council, right? Mm. And it's like you go back and forth, and you're constantly arguing, and it's like you it, it, it's you guys versus them. That's that's another aspect I really like. They really do a good job with. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a theme throughout all the games too. You'll see it. Things definitely get flipped up on the second one. <laughs> to see oh yeah as far as like god i don't want to say too much so <laughs> you'll see what yeah, happens don't, don't. okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well if you beat it tonight definitely keep me posted on your decision for the end because i can't wait to hear what <laughs> you do <laughs> i will i will tim all right so we got i guess we got a new segment now mass effect updates from Dane <laughs> as he plays through the series <laughs> yeah until i beat uh all three of them and sort of slog through uh, Andromeda. Oh, I don't even know if I'm going to do that, so <laughs> we'll see. I still have to do that. Well, well, I mean, Tim, it's free. It's free on Xbox well, Game Pass. I've had it for five years. The, the game is sitting on my still... shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a physical copy. Wow. That's how long ago I've had it. <laughs> wow, Tim. I... What a fake fan you are, Tim, I've got to <laughs> say. What a fake uh... <laughs> Mass Effect fan you are. That's why I, I have I, to play I, I it eventually. It, I can't believe <laughs> like I, it. You're a fake fan. Uh, some, someone who just joined the fandom is just calling me a fake fan? What? <laughs> I will not tolerate I'm that. I'm more of a fan. I'm more of a fan than you, I would say. <laughs> the one thing I got to say I'm disappointed in, Dane, you didn't create your own Shepard. You just went with the generic. Uh, do, do they give you another chance to do that in the second game or no? To be honest, I'm not really sure because I've always just imported my <laughs> Shepherd that I created from the first one. Oh, uh, I see, I see. Well, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I was playing around with the character editor and I couldn't make my guy ugly enough. I mean, it sort of <laughs> just looks like the Shepherd. Yeah, yeah, like you could change the color of his skin, you could change his facial structure. I, I, I just couldn't make him ugly enough. You know, well, I've seen some I, pretty ugly Shepherds. Like, from fan, fan uh, playthroughs and all that stuff that people have done. <laughs> There's some pretty bad ones. Well, he, he was, he, here's what I was going to do. I was going to make him extremely pale, like glow, glow in the dark pale, right? Uh-huh. I was going to have his uh, cheekbones come out all the, all, all the way, as well as, as well as his eyebrows, and give him giant ears and bring his <laughs> forehead out. But it's just it it still looked good, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, maybe she just settled on making a good-looking shepherd. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess, but it's I don't know, Tim. Don't judge me. You, you haven't played in drama. I've played in drama. Uh, drama, okay. 
The, there's I, Mass Effect fans that have played Andromeda and, and have completed the story, and there's other fans like you, Tim, that haven't. <laughs> yeah. uh, what have I gotten myself into now? <laughs> You're not going to let this go. No, I'm not. I'm a Mass Effect fan now, Tim. And as far as I'm concerned, those who haven't played Andromeda are... <laughs> Uh, that doesn't oh, look no. to change anytime soon. <laughs> uh, are, are are there Mass Effect gatekeepers, Tim? Uh, I'm sure there are, but <laughs> yeah. there has to be, right? And everything. Yeah. But I don't want to find out the, <laughs> what the official stand on that for Andromeda is. So. <laughs> I won't necessarily worry about that. All right. Well, until we get another update from Dana when he finishes Mass Effect, the first one, the third, second one, and third one, and maybe Andromeda, we don't know. But <laughs> I'm sure by that time, we'll still be continuing on with our Fellowship of the Ring commentary, minute by minute, as we are only on minute 21. <laughs> and this episode, we'll be going from 21 to 22. So, as always, you want to go ahead and get your VHS copy, your Laserdisc copy, your Betamax tape, your film projector copy of it your hd dvd copy of it your blockbuster membership video rental that you just got from the only blockbuster store in alaska was it in oregon or alaska i forget <laughs> what was that last one um, what, that documentary it was in oregon okay yeah bend oregon and yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> you did send me that funny picture of their advertising <laughs> yeah i was thinking oh i guess i guess the algorithm one out. Well, it's like we don't have algorithms. We have call algorithms, like call us yeah. for like recommendations or something like that. Oh, that, that had to be an old billboard. Like that couldn't be one from the one in Oregon that last day, oh, right? No, I don't think so. That's that's has to be an old billboard that nobody took down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the last attempt to try to beat Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Netflix, you can get your Netflix physical media disc that you just got delivered in the mail. Or you could use your DVHS copy. But the one me and Dan will be watching is our VHS to converted DVD copy that we just cannot use any other format. It's, it's proven to be the one that lasted generations and will continue to last generations of the best <laughs> media format to watch movies. So if you got that set up, I'll go ahead and give the countdown. Dan, are you ready? Yes, I am. Three, two, one, play. I picked up where we left off of Bilbo recounting his tale against the trolls. Still haven't made it out of the party. Nope. Well, Gandalf's party having a good time right there, though. I know. <laughs> Some pretty good around. wizard dance moves. But he got off the dance floor pretty quick to go to his fireworks. <laughs> it's like dancing, having a good time. Like, oh, crap. I got to do my firework show. <laughs> and the official introduction to Mary and Pippin. As Pippin, I guess, got done performing his Hobbit banjo. <laughs> so, so am I to assume that the Hobbits think that Gandalf is just a guy with fireworks? I think most of them, yeah. <laughs> they probably uh, don't really understand the full concept of him being a wizard. Yeah. I like a short little extended sequence showing the Saxville Bagginses and oh, yeah. Bilbo can't stand him. 
But I guess we'll have to wait more on that until our next episode because our minute is up. Yeah, because uh, don't you forget that whole first part of uh, Fellowship of the Ring is a property dispute. Yep. <laughs> so at least Peter Jackson included a very little bit of that in the extended edition for the diehards to get that little extra detail oh. of the baggages in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, was that a extended scene or was that part of the original? No, it was uh, definitely extended, yeah. Yeah. Hey, are there people, I'm, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but are, are there Lord of the Rings fans that only prefer the theatrical cuts? You know, like Star Wars fans only want the 77 uh, yeah. So, uh, so you know what? Nothing will surprise me. I'm sure there are, but how can anyone be a diehard Lord of the Rings fan and not <laughs> prefer the extended yeah. editions? I mean, it's more of the books and stuff and the lore of Middle Earth. So maybe there is. I'm sure there is, but I think the vast majority, it's got to be the extended sure. editions. Yeah. yeah. Casual people, like casual audiences, maybe theatrical release. But if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you consider yourself a fan, it has to be the extended cuts. Okay, so extended cuts, and then Peter Jackson is going to go back and redo the um, visual effects, I guess. Um, and that's the thing that people are going to complain about. It's like, bring back the original extended editions, right? There is more footage that he could add. And I think at like a convention a couple really? of years ago, someone asked, like, would you be willing to do that to like, make an ultimate extended cut? He goes, if... You know, the powers of that be uh, allow me to do it. Yeah, I'd love to go back and kind of insert all of it. So I would love if he got the chance to do that. How is there more footage? There's more. Cool. If you you can look oh. some of them up on like YouTube where they're like unfinished sequences and ones that are just like uh, from like B camera roll footage, but they're there. Wow. I, I, I wonder if like people are like, uh, uh, until Peter Jackson puts those scenes in the extended editions, um, there is uh, it's not complete. You know, <laughs> I, there's probably some that feel that way. I would think. <laughs> but never say never. That's become my motto yeah. for all the stuff that <laughs> p- potentially could be out that could come to fruition. Oh yeah, uh, just uh, just mention the book of Boba Fett to any Star Wars fan, and you'll get a wide range of opinions on yeah. the Book of Boba Fett. That's for sure. I gotta say, I'm really enjoying the Book of Boba Fett. I know a lot of people have problems with it, and you know, you gotta remember that uh, this is a new thing, and the only thing that you know about this character is uh, I mean, the character of Boba Fett is that he knows how to, I mean, he uh, he sort of just walked uh, Han frozen in the carbonite into his uh, his ship, and he got knocked over by a blind man. That's all you know about him. If, if your only exposure was the movies, that is correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's the canon. So yeah, that, that that's all you know about the character. Uh, but I do have to say, I really enjoyed. The fifth episode of the Book of Boba Fett, uh, the Return of the Mando. Uh, I, I, I thought this is definitely their best episode yet. Uh, the fourth, fourth episode was a little, a, a little uh, forgettable. 
Forgettable, uh, really. There's some awesome stuff in that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a Slave Boy took out the Starlight Pit. I mean, how awesome was that? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I just felt that like uh, we kind of didn't need that. Um, uh, but the fifth episode, uh, I really, really enjoyed. It was it was something that I didn't expect to see. Um, I, I don't have my ear close to the Star Wars ground like you do, Tim. So did you know that uh, Mando was coming back? No, I didn't. I'm trying to keep away from oh, wow. that type of leaks and stuff from now because yeah. I want to be surprised. too. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, the only tease we got was in the end of the fourth episode where they played his theme song at the very, very end when they said we need some muscle. That's how, yeah. That was the only clue that we had. But the uh, fact we got a whole episode dedicated to him was definitely a surprise. And I both... Loved it and was also disappointed at the same time because really like, about what Tim? What could just because me? there is no Boba Fett in an episode with the Book of Boba Fett, and we're, the episodes uh, are so the season length is so short, only seven episodes, and I just felt it really just there's so much you could do with the character of Boba Fett in those seven episodes that to take one away from him was like uh, I wish they could have incorporated him more into this episode than instead of having him not in it at all. And I just worry that things might, I hope not. I have confidence in the crew that it won't be. But certain uh, story threads might feel a little rushed in these last two episodes and might not get resolved right away. But I don't know. We'll see how it all wraps up. It could be a mute point if everything ends in a satisfying way with uh, the story for season one. But I just couldn't help but feel disappointed that Boba Fett was not involved at all in this episode. But at the same time, everything we got in this episode was just fantastic. I mean, it's the Mandalorian season three premiere. Let's not kid ourselves. (laughs) Just put in the middle of the book of Boba Fett. Or a a pre-premiere, right? (laughs) Season Uh, pre-premiere. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I got a question to you on some of that. So, like, this is the sort of, uh, we're, we're getting, we're, we're getting the band together right now, sort of mm. ramp up to the war, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I, I sort of, like, I don't know, I, I can give it a little space where it's like, okay, so we're just going to have a Mando episode, but he's going to be part a crucial part of this upcoming war that we're probably going to see in 6 and 7. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I, I, I can sort of, like, look the other way on that. Yeah, maybe if the season was longer, if it was, like, a 10-episode season, yeah, okay, I would I'll I probably wouldn't even be an issue for me, but just the fact that it's so short and we're at the end of it, and like I said, all the last two episodes are left. I just felt like yeah. Boba Fett had to be included some in some way on it. Uh, I see. Yeah, well, Tim, y- you can be wrong, and I can be right, and <laughs> can just be all right with that. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, I I can see your point. Uh, I I would I mean I don't know how they're gonna do it. They're probably not gonna do it. But I would like to see a Fennec Shand episode like that. Mm. You know where she's off doing her own thing away from Boba Fett because we haven't really seen yeah. her do anything. In, that would uh, be cool season. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe she will get so, one. I mean I I just hope that this isn't a one and done season for the show. I hope it gets another season. Because that's where that's another thing. If yeah. it's another, we get another season. Yeah, this having an episode without Boba 
won't be too big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. But if it's like a one and done, then that's where it's like, uh. <laughs> I don't know the way that people are talking about it. I don't think. Well, I don't think that's what they're really basing like it. off. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're probably basing it off of how many people watch it. Exactly. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how are you enjoying uh, the new High Republic book? I'm I'm enjoying it. It I will say I'm almost done. I'll probably finish it this weekend. I will say it is took a little while to for things to get going. It it took about a good hundred and almost fifty pages for like the actual story to kick in of what the book is about. So, yeah. but once that is like it's been pretty good. Probably not as good as the very first one. That I, I, it's going to be hard to top. I love that book, Light of the Jedi. But it's, this one's still good though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. I'm almost done with it, uh, uh, and I just can't get into it. Um, it's, it's. I, I think it's so much of the, uh, you know, uh, Stellan thought this, and then he looked towards the, <laughs> the aft part of the room, and he thought about what the Force means to the Jedi. You know, sort of thing. And it's like, okay, but can we get like some story progression? Because yeah, that's the thing with I, a lot of. I, I feel this is like more of the same, where it's like it's a disaster movie that we're trying to get out of. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's, it's it was the same as uh, uh, Claudia Gray's uh, other book, the the YA book. I can't remember yeah. the name of it. That one was uh, another one that was hard to get into. Also, that took a long time to get yeah. to the point, pretty much. Yeah, and like. I feel like this is just another copy of that. A little like, bit, yeah. We, yeah, I think we've got to get out of the um, the disaster mode. I mean, the the disaster movie setting, right? Like we we've had three stories where it's just we're in survival survivor mode, and we have to you know figure out the thing to survive and. Um, you know, we got to rescue the people and we got to try to figure out how to rescue those people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we just got to get out of this already. I think it's too repetitive because we've had four books where it's like the same thing, um, you know, to, to various degrees of success. Like, I really like the second one. I didn't like the first one. I didn't like uh, the the YA one. And yeah, I just don't like this much. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to get through it, and I'm almost done with it. Uh, I do like how they, I mean, I haven't finished it, but I do like how they, they kill uh, two Jedi. Yeah. Uh, mm. Sort of right off the bat. Um, yeah, one of them kind of surprising, too. Is that you, yeah, yeah. It'd be a character they killed off, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, I just feel like it's too repetitive of what we had before. There's too much you know, what the character is thinking and then a little bit of, okay, so if we reroute the power to the relay and the station is this, then we can do that. And, you know, so it's sort of that it's too much um, of what the characters are thinking and too little of like um, story, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, like, like the progression of a story. And, um, yeah, I I have a really really I'm really I'm, I'm I'm having a really hard time with this one just like I did with uh Claudia Gray's first uh book. 
Yeah, that's a very fair criticism. I would agree with that too, where they have to kind of get past the, like you said, the disaster movie scenario, because that is something that when you mention it, every book has kind of had something like that. And I, I totally agree. So that, I thought this is a fair criticism, but hopefully this will be it because you know, the fall of Starlight Beacon is a pretty huge <laughs> thing to happen, of course, yeah, yeah. in the galaxy right now at this time period. So we'll see where the next phase goes, but I agree. That's fair criticism. I just think the the overall High Republic, I really like the novels. Um, the comics have been pretty good, but I just felt they were a little too ambitious with having too much going on, like too many releases, I think, young adult novels, novels, mm-hmm. comics, and children's books and all that. And I haven't felt the necessity to where when I read the main novels that, oh, I should have read this or I should have read that. Uh, but at the same time, there are certain characters that there's a lot of character name jobs, and it is kind of hard to keep track of them <laughs> kind of when you know there are some that are doing their own thing in other stories. So I, I think it should have been condensed a little bit too with not having so much out there. But for me right now, all I'm getting is just the main novels and uh, reading the comics when they come on Marvel Unlimited. So that's kind of my extent in <laughs> diving into the High Republic uh, until we get the TV show, The Alkalite. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are the comics? They're pretty good. They're not nothing great. Yeah. Uh, um. I felt the whole, because that's where the main uh, battle with the Drangir, the plant creatures, took place. Yeah. And I felt that was a little anticlimactic, how that all wrapped up. So, but there's some good stuff in there, but nothing, I don't think that's like, oh, you must read material. Central. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I see. Um, and I, I, I kind of don't really get the hype behind um, Claudia Gray. Is it because of her Leia book? No, it was their first book, the young adult novel, yeah. Lost Stars. That's fantastic. That's one of the best Star Wars books you're going to read. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So I haven't. Yeah. Then after that's kind of where she started getting a name for herself. But I don't think she's really captured the level that that book was. I did enjoy the Leia book, Bloodline. I thought that was pretty solid. But some of the other stuff just um, kind of been hit or miss. I see. And people really like her stuff, I guess. Yeah, uh, or Star Wars fans in general really yeah. like your your stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's been two misses for me so far with with Claudia Gray, the her her uh, the YA book and this one. It's like ah, I don't really get it. You know, maybe I got to read Lost Stars and the Leia book, but yeah, yeah, those two aren't the best. I guess introductory. If that's the first time you're reading whatever books, I. For me personally, I would agree it's not the best one to be your first exposure to a writing. Lost Stars would be the one to go with. Uh, I see. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see with the ending. Um, yeah. <laughs> how how far are you in the book? Uh, I'm pretty close. I'm like, I think I'm on oh. page like two, like seventy five, like something like that. <laughs> like the last near the end of the two hundreds, and the page the books are like three hundred and forty pages or something like that. So I should. You see, I, I don't want to, I'm not sure who's ahead of who right now. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a thing that's not really spoilery that uh, that I can say just to gauge where you are. Uh, did you get past? Did, did, did you get past the part with uh, where uh, Geode uh, does this thing? 
No, I haven't gotten that part yet. Then. Okay, so, <laughs> it's not okay. coming up with no. Geode. Okay. Okay, so so I'm I'm past you then. Yeah, so the, the, you must yeah. be really close <laughs> to finish yeah. it. Yeah, because because I I just get the audiobooks because mm-hmm. they're really uh, well done. Uh, it's it's more like a movie, uh, so I think I've got like an hour and hour and a half left. Okay, yeah, then you're so, pretty yeah. close. <laughs> but well. We'll see uh, who finishes first. Well, you got to finish Mass Effect first. You finish Mass Effect, yeah. I'll finish this, and then you'll probably <laughs> then you'll finish the audiobook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we'll be all in sync with Mass Effect and the High Republic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that, I guess uh, we can go into I guess what our future topic is going to be for this episode. <laughs> kind of continuing on. From our last one, we look back on 2021. Now we're just going to see what we're most excited for in 2022 when it comes to all this great entertainment stuff, movies, TV shows, video games, etc., all that stuff. So for me, I guess we'll go ahead and start off with, like we did with our favorites of 2021, start off with movies. And thankfully, this is going to be a no-brainer <laughs> for anyone listening. We're pretty close to the, the most anticipated movie of 2022. Obviously, it's going to be The Batman. I mean, we're so close to it right now. We just got a little over a month, and you're really starting to feel the hype for it. And some couple of news, I might as well throw in some of the news items <laughs> for The Batman I was going to talk about on this episode since we're talking about the movie right now. It has been confirmed, uh, the runtime for it. And how it will be the longest Batman movie and the longest, well, not the longest comic book movie, but one of the longest, but definitely the longest Batman movie ever, where it's just going to be a little under three hours. And that's kind of without credits. <laughs> so I believe it's like two hours and 50 minutes, something like that before credits. I don't have the exact time in front of me, but it's going to be almost three hours. And that's awesome. And I'm someone you hear this phrase where it's not about the length of a movie. It's about the pacing of the movie. I totally believe that. Because you can have a three and a half hour, like Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Return of the King, those four hours, they fly by. Even Zack Snyder's Justice League does not feel like four hours watching it. And then you got other movies that are just an hour and a half and they feel like three hours. So um, you can't pay too much attention to the runtime. But um, when I heard that this movie was almost going to be three hours, I was like, yes. <laughs> it just almost, it got me more excited, not going to lie, because everything about it just looks awesome. And the fact that we're going to have spend almost three hours in this world that matt Reeves has created for batman i couldn't be more excited to spend that amount of time in a movie theater with this version of batman gotham and all these characters we're going to be seeing from that matt Reeves is going to give us so it's awesome and i believe just two weeks a week ago or two weeks ago we had the uh, official theme come out uh it was officially released on all the streaming services and we obviously have heard it in the first look tease of Robert Pattinson in the costume and throughout the trailers, but just hearing the whole thing as almost a five minute track, it's really great. I mean, it's, or it's, it blows me away almost. It's how every time there's a new incarnation of Batman, especially on screen, he gets a great music theme. I don't think there's been a bad one yet. Even going back to the 1966 version of Without a West, that's a great theme song too. And then obviously 89, The Dark Knight, even, uh, Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, what they did for Ben Affleck's theme for Batman versus Superman. And now this one, it just, each one's different, but they just feel like Batman. <laughs> just really great. So I love the ones that Michael Giacchino came up with for this. And there's more to it to when you listen to the full track, where there's even some more orchestral and uh, 
like somber vibe to it, I guess you could say in the middle of it, where it's not just that theme that you've heard to all the trailers. There's definitely more to it, but it just makes for a great track as a whole. So um, just all the stuff starting to trinkle out now uh, for the Batman, just getting me more excited for it. And that's obviously the my most anticipated movie of this year. And we're just a month away from that. But another movie I want to throw out that I can't wait for, we haven't seen anything or for very little of it is Jurassic World Dominion. I mean, I love the Jurassic Park franchise. I This one, I can't wait for if you bring the original cast back uh, with Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum's coming back, even though he wasn't Fallen Kingdom. He's coming back for this one, which is great. And just that whole premise of just dinosaurs roaming loose <laughs> uh with mankind uh, over the uh, over the world is going to be pretty interesting to see because i can't wait to see how it all plays out so i think we should be getting a trailer for it during the super bowl so hopefully not too long but uh, that's another one i can't wait for and of course we got more marvel mcu movies coming out i'm looking forward to seeing doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is going to be such a trip especially coming off the spider-man no way home so a lot of stuff to look forward to but you just can't top when there's a new Batman movie <laughs> that's going to coming out in a year, and we're so close to it. So um, it's definitely that one for me. Yep, definitely Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's really no other movie that I'm really excited uh, to see. Uh, I'm just trying to wreck my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, real um, quick, did you hear the whole uh, track for the theme song? No, I haven't. Yeah. Definitely check it out. It's it's really good. Like I said, not, it's definitely more to it than just the theme you've been hearing in all the trailers. What they should do is they should just have something in the way as the theme song. <laughs> I, I know we're going to hear it more throughout. Over. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think we're still going to hear it throughout the movie, too, because Matt Reese keeps talking about how like Nirvana was such an influence on him. Even like modeling a little bit of Batman after Kurt Cobain <laughs> when he was writing the script. <laughs> it's just really cool to hear too. So I think we're going to still hear it throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, they should just have that as the the main theme already because <laughs> it's already proven so to work. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it definitely it, it definitely matches the movie. It seems like so. Just have something in the way, or at least that's going to be my theme for <laughs> for <laughs> uh, the Batman. Uh, yeah, just the Batman, I guess. Um, I guess I'll wait for the uh, all the Marvel movies to to go to, to, go to Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, you don't have to wait long. I mean, it's usually just two months now after the theatrical release yeah. to come on Disney Plus. So <laughs> you'll see, you'll yeah. be seeing them sooner rather than later now. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, Taco, maybe. <laughs> That's what, I keep forgetting about Taco. It was supposed to come out in yeah. 2020, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> that should be fun to see again. Yeah, it keeps keeps getting delayed, so maybe maybe Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it stays in 2022. We'll see. <laughs> 2024, I think. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be great. Out of all the movies that have been delayed the longest, I would not pick Top Gun to be the one that, where they really feel like that's the one that you have to see <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> I wonder why they keep delaying it. You know, I know the, the the James Bond one came out. Uh, Eternals came out. Like uh, the studios are getting caught up, it seems like. But that one, yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason, they just feel it has to be in the movie theater. Yeah, exclusively in IMAX or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, so, that I'm glad you said that because I am looking forward to that. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on to TV shows. And there's definitely going to be a lot of stuff <laughs> this year. Obviously, the Disney Plus stuff with Marvel, Star Wars, and even other streaming services. Uh, Stranger Things Season 4 will be hitting Netflix. Game, the Game of Thrones spinoff, The House of the Dragons, is coming to HBO Max this year. So pretty much there's going to be no shortage of TV shows if you have subscriptions to all uh, those streaming services. But amongst all the stuff we know is coming, there's two of them that are at the top of the list of the ones I just cannot wait to see. And I'm sure it's going to be no surprise for you, Dane, or anyone listening. But <laughs> um, number one, I mean, take a guess of what you think my number one is, Dane, because you've actually got a few options, I would think. Hmm. It is probably... Um, let me see. Let me check. Uh, it's probably season two of How I Met Your Father. <laughs> you it, know me too well, Dane. You know uh, me too I well. Got it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I knew it. I knew you were a fan. You're a you're you're a secret fan of that show. Um, I could just tell from a mile away that you, that was the one you were definitely looking forward to. <laughs> Well, yeah, nothing's well, going to gonna top that anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, you're right. Not not quite on the level as How I Met Your Father Season 2, but the Obi-Wan series. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's not going to get any bigger than that, really. Uh, there's yeah. going to be something that will be close, but I'll mention that next. But yeah, Obi-Wan, it's going to be an event, I think, unlike any other series that has been on Disney Plus so far. Ewan McGregor, obviously, Hayden Christensen back, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader, more lore added to the characters that I just cannot wait for them to dive into. Oh, it's going to be amazing, and I just can't wait till we get that actual release date of when we're going to be able to see it. Right now, I'm baking on May the 4th, because they like to release things on May the 4th every year so far since Disney Plus has been around. It's been the animated stuff, but I wonder if this is going to be something where they'll really want to make a big event out of that day and have obi-wan premiere um on may the 4th so i'm crossing my fingers that that is the case (laughs) but then also not too far behind that is going to be amazon's lord of the Rings series which um just last week we got the official name and the first teaser trailer for it where it's going to be the rings of power and it was just a teaser where it didn't show any footage but there was narration um, and I believe it was confirmed that it was Galadriel who was doing the narration for that. Not played by Kate Blanchett, though, but kind of similar in vain to what it was in the Fellowship of the Ring prologue with some of the dialogue that she was saying. But the teaser um, was just kind of showing the ring being forged. Um, and it was cool to get you pumped, but the titles are really got me excited for it, how it is going to be all about the rings of power, the one ring, the nine ring for men, three for the elves and the dwarves. It's all that stuff they're, that they're really going to dive into the series. I cannot wait for all that. Having it take a place in the second age, I think there's just so much good material to mine from that era of Middle Earth. And to see the rise of power of Sauron and see characters like Elrond, Galadriel again and during this era, it's just going to be so exciting. So... Uh, again, it was just a teaser, but it was enough to... I was excited for a Lord of the Rings TV show no matter what, but <laughs> getting more info and just exactly what it's going to be about just gets me more excited for it, and I can't wait till we get to see actual footage from it. So, yeah, Lord of the Rings and Obi-Wan, my two most anticipated series, but it's, we're not going to be sh- <laughs> on a short of any of good TV, I think, this year. There's a lot of stuff coming. So, But those two are uh, definitely at the top. 
yeah, w- what I keep forgetting about is that, like, or y- you tell me if I'm correct. Yeah. So, like you said, uh, there's, uh, you know, 87 rings for the men. <laughs> 87. <and> 27 <laughs> rings for the elves. And 14 rings for the the dwarves, right? And so Sauron got jealous, right? And he said, you know what? I'm going to create my own ring. You know, I don't need a ring. You don't have to give me a ring. You know, I'm actually offended that you didn't give me a ring. I'm going to make my own ring. And so he made his own power ring, right? Is that how how that worked? That That is, right? Wow, there's no re- reason to watch the show now. I mean, you pretty much nailed it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so Sauron got, pretty much just got jealous that he didn't get a ring. Right? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's quite that simple. But, sure, but well, so, Sauron no, is the one. Well, he sure. didn't get jealous of the ring. He made all the rings. That's the thing. So, oh, he made the rings. Yeah, and then he made one for himself. Yes, to control all the rings. All the rings. The rings. Yeah, oh, so. okay. <laughs> I did like that teaser. It reminded me of like the, those animated uh, screensavers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a funny comparison. But it was all done with practical effects, though, which is pretty cool. Really? Like, wow. like behind-the-scenes video on IGN that show them how they did the whole trailer. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it looked nice. Um, uh, you know, just to be different, uh, one show I'm looking for, being such a huge fan, is um, uh, Andor. I want to see that. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, called Andor. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought at, at first I thought it was called Cassian, but yeah, um, Andor because you know I'm such a big fan of uh, Rogue One, and um, I hope that <laughs> now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna sound like a Book of Boba Fett hater, okay, Tim? Oh, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. But I hope they keep it where. Or I hope they keep the character of Cassian, that sort of character that we met in uh, Rogue One, where he's not really a good guy. Yeah, which well, is all about. I have to honestly, because yeah. <laughs> it's obviously taking place before that. I mean, it's 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 all about you know the uh, the rebels. You know, mm-hmm. I I I just I just hope that they keep that. But if they don't, I'm not going to be a complainer. I'm not going to be like. You know, this isn't the Boba Fett I've read about, or the Cassian that I've read about uh, in comic books and, and books, you know, even though my only example of Boba Fett is him getting knocked over by blind man. <laughs> uh, Cassian so, probably has yeah. a little more a little more to him to, than that, <laughs> than what Boba just yeah. had in the original trilogy. <laughs> But one cool it, thing about the casting also, as a series, uh, it's yeah. going to be the longest one because it's supposed to be like 12 episodes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, give it a little more space. Make, mm-hmm. make it more of an uh, ensemble instead of like, uh, this is about just this one character. Yeah. I think at the opposite end of the spectrum, though, I think Obi-Wan, it's kind of rumored to be the shortest where it might just be like four episodes. Thomas mm-hmm. was like, uh, well, I guess more of a movie quality feel to it, but We'll see. Again, yeah. that's not confirmed or anything, but that's what I've heard before. 
you know, I, I really wonder how it would feel if they just did, like you said, three or four episodes of Obi-Wan and they made it like an hour and a half each, like what Game of Thrones tried yeah. to do. Yeah. Mm. I, I hope so. I like to think if it is only four episodes, hopefully each one's like an hour long, <laughs> an yeah. hour or more long. Yeah. Watch every, everyone is like 22 minutes. Oh, God. That'd be the biggest disappointment <laughs> ever. Four episodes and 20 minutes each. Uh, <laughs> might as well just made the movie at that point. It'd be two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That would make more sense. Just make an Obi Wan movie on Disney Plus instead yeah. of. Instead of just an uh, episodic television show. Uh, not sure when uh, The Bad Batch Season 2 is supposed to come out, but I, I'd i really like to see The Bad Batch Season 2 uh, this year. Oh, it's definitely coming this year. We just don't know when. Yeah. I mean, maybe that'll be the May the 4th release date because that's when Season 1 premiered. But I don't yeah. know. I just have a, Obi-Wan just seems like the perfect way to celebrate May the 4th. Don't you agree? Uh, no, because... Uh, <laughs> We should get another Christmas special style Star Wars <laughs> day program on Disney Plus on uh, May the 4th. The holiday special returns. <laughs> the return yeah, of the holiday, the holiday special. Yeah, why not? Let's do it, Tim. No, we should get we call a live action version of the animated segment where the, I'd have the first appearance of Boba Fett. You could use the de-aging uh, technology for Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford <laughs> in there, and then just obviously get Tamora Morrison back for Boba Fett. You could see him ride the that big creature because he said he's ridden big creatures in the past already, so that's <laughs> in canon. Or, just... or Tim, uh, what I really, really want on May the Fourth this year is so they secretly did it Tim, behind everybody's back. Right, or while no one was looking, they secretly made a spinoff of Book of Boba Fett, and it's Danny Trejo, the Rancor Wrangler, <laughs> the Rancor Wrangler. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd watch that. Second, you wouldn't even have to have to tell me about it. Then I would just automatically <laughs> right. uh, be attracted to that. <laughs> See, we should be. Uh, planning the next Star Wars series, you got the return, the holiday special return with a live action segment of that animated classic, the Rancor yeah. Wrangler. I mean, you got your next Disney Plus series all set up. Exactly. Um, but I, 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 I kind of would agree if uh, I, I just saw it on Twitter that uh, you know Star Wars fans are like, oh, j- just make Bryce Dallas Howard the next director of Star Wars. You know the next Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and I, you know I agree with that. Yeah, she's a good director. Uh, I I would love that, but yeah. it just makes me laugh sometimes. See that everyone's like the majority of fans are saying that. Then probably when we get the movie, they'll be complaining about it certain things because it just like happens time and time again. We want this director. I mean, I remember the time where let's get J.J. Abrams to do a Star Wars movie. Great. Now look at that. And then <laughs> even to some degree, it's not on the. You see with everything. Uh, with Clone Wars and Dave Filoni, he's brilliant. He still is brilliant in telling Star Wars stories. Like he's he's the one person who gets Star Wars better than anyone other than George Lucas. And how great it would be for him to do some live action stuff. We get it. Now I'm seeing complaints about him or he Dave Filoni shouldn't be involved with this stuff. What? It's like no Why? matter who you want, there's gonna be a segment of fans that's gonna 
either turn or just try to be different and say, no, this person isn't good for whatever. So it's like, no matter who you think is going to be the best at it, they they could do and will be the best, but yet they'll still get people complaining about it. You just can't win that sometimes with some people. What what are they cl- uh, uh, complaining about with uh, Dave Filoni? I don't know. It's like even when Bull- Book of Boba Fett started, I saw some tweets saying, like, I'm tired of the Filoni Favreau's take on Star Wars. And let's like, <laughs> let's get something different. <laughs> or I'll just, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I honestly don't. Because like, for the reasons I said, they're just not the best at right now at telling Star Wars stories. And, you know, I love the sequel trilogy. I love what J.J. Abrams does. I like what most of what Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi, but no one does it better than what Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing right now. And that's what a lot of fans during the Clone Wars were asking for for live action. We got it. But again, it's all, I guess, different opinions and you're never going to please anybody. But it's just surprising to me where it's like you would think there'd be one like you can't say universal because that's impossible. This one where the majority, and I think the Mandalorian is the majority. Everyone loves it, but there's always got to be those who got to make their voices heard and just complain about everything, certain things. And those people will just never be pleased with anything. So I don't know. Just a little rant I had to get off my chest because, like I said, I would love to see Bryce Dallas Howard do a, a movie too. I think she would knock it out of the park. But just you know, everyone who's clamoring for that once it happens, then. The, those are going to come out of the woodwork and say, why is she doing this? Or she, she's not that good or something. Cause we've seen it before with other star Wars directors and creators. So that's well, the end of my rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, if uh, people are complaining that George Lucas was making star Wars, yes. <laughs> nobody really has a chance after that. <laughs> I know. Like this is whatever, again, that goes back to everything with, everyone being disappointed with the sequel trilogy. This, that's what you wanted. No one wanted George Lucas Star Wars anymore because everyone's hated, I'm using air quotes prequels, here, hated, hated yeah. the prequels. And now look at it. Now you're seeing everyone not kind of jumping on the prequel bandwagon, so to speak, <laughs> where and that's, I mean, I love seeing the prequels get the recognition that they deserve forever, but now it just feels like it's more, I don't want to say everyone, but I'm noticing more bandwagons on <laughs> their like now kind of giving them praise that they've always should have had for what George Lucas did uh, with that story. So mm. uh, <laughs> the star, the star Wars fandom can be a curious bunch. That's for sure. <laughs> and a frustrating one. <laughs> uh, so speaking of star Wars, I can't believe they're still making expansion packs for uh, the, old, the Republic? old Republic. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. <laughs> and every single time they get me every single time, Tim, it's like, I see the Old Republic, and I think Knights of the Old Republic. And it's like, oh, they're releasing something for the for the Knights of the Republic re, uh, uh, of the Old Republic remake. You know? And it's like, oh, no, it's the video game. <laughs> that MMO that's been I mean, going that on for MMO, almost yeah. 10 years now. <laughs> or, yeah, it's actually over 10 years. That's right. Really? It's been over yeah. 10 years? Yeah. Wow. I think it came out in 2011. I remember when that game first came out and the hype behind it that it was yeah. going to kill War, uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, not really. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting excited about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to play that. And then I was like, yeah, my computer's not going to play that. So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of screwed. I'm surprised it never came to consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they uh, put it to consoles? Maybe too many button presses or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Well, speaking of video games, I guess we could say, but 
our most anticipated video games of 2022 are going to be. And I have some, like, there would be easy picks, but I don't know if they're really coming out in 2022. I kind of doubt it, but just to throw them out there, just in case. Um, Knights of the Old Republic remake would be great if that came out this year, but I have a feeling that's going to be 2023, the earliest. And Final Fantasy 16, you know Square Enix and their release date, so I'm not going to hold my breath. They didn't even say it's coming out in 2022, but they announced it, I think, at the end of 2020, kind of towards the end of 2020. And they said kept hearing it's further along development than you would think and now we haven't heard too much on it so uh, i don't think that's coming out and i definitely don't think final fantasy 7 remake chapter 2 part 2 whatever it's going to be called will be out this year but uh, i would be nice if i could say those are coming out in 2022 because it's been a while <laughs> since those since uh, two years since final fantasy 7 remake and then the final fantasy 16 announcement almost two years ago it would be nice if those was there's only two year gaps before announcement and release, but I uh, just had to mention them. But two kind of at the top of my list. Um, I'm this one's going to be when it's just a simple arcade beat em up, but when it's the Ninja Turtles and arcade style beat em up, that's immediately shooting near the top of my list for anticipated games. <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja 2 Revenge of the, or not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, it's just uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Revenge of the Shredder, and they're just really going for that old school arcade style beat em up the graphic style not my favorite i'm going to be honest uh it's they're definitely going for the animated look from the original 87 series um but if it has captures that iconic classic four player beat em up style that the arcade games have i mean it's going to be awesome it looks it looks fun i can't wait to play four player co-op on it i'm hoping it's early 2022 it's supposed to be out in 2021 late but it got pushed back so um hopefully it won't be too long but i can't wait for that but at the top of the list and this one i'm pretty confident will be out in 2022 it might be towards the end but how can my most anticipated game not be breath of the wild 2 or i I, it's going to be called something else but until we get the official announcement of the title breath of the wild 2 is what it's referred to now and uh, it's going to be awesome to go back to that version of hyrule again and just the two trailers we've gotten for it just are really intriguing for what's going to be set up in the story and the gameplay style of it how this is going to be looks like some connections maybe to skyward sword where there's like you see those sky islands up um in the sky in the exploration there and it's just gonna be i just cannot wait to see what the zelda team does with this one knowing what an amazing job they did with breath of the wild and how they always like to try to do something different in the top themselves with each new game so and i imagine this one's going to be probably their most ambitious yet so uh breath of the wild 2 or whatever it's going to be called down the road it's going to without a question be the game of the year for me so uh, just a matter of when it's going to be out in 2022 but uh, what it does uh, that's where all my time is going to be <laughs> when it comes to game it's all going to be in there so that is easily my most anticipated for 2022 uh for me uh just the the big one i guess you could say now that i have an xbox is uh starfield i mm. don't think they're going to hit that uh that, re- that release date uh, when, when is it supposed to be uh 11 11 22 oh okay yeah. At least they gave themselves some time putting it at the end of the yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, November. Um, I don't think they're going to uh, hit that date, but, you know, I've been wrong before. And they're uh, going to wait for a review on that, you know. Um, well, Dane, I, it's, it's just that... I imagine it'll probably be on Game Pass day one because it's 
uh, right. Tuner, Xbox, right? Yeah, it's an Xbox Game Pass yeah. game. I mean, it's a exclusive. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so maybe not then. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if they can hit that 11, 11, 22 date. Um, it, it certainly looks interesting. Uh, I love space games. Um, the other game I'm looking for is a smaller one. Uh, it's a it's a game that I've uh, I've sort of played casually for for a little bit on uh, PlayStation. Is okay. um, uh, Crusader Kings three. It's released now on PC and Mac, I think, but uh, they just haven't released the console version yet. Um, I love that series of games as a casual sort of like, uh, you know, I'm bored right now. Let's go play uh, a strategy game. <laughs> okay. Um, One of those types. I really like the system. Yeah, I really like the systems of, of like how you can be like a different sort of king. Uh, you, you can, you know, raise taxes, you can lower taxes, and all these little <laughs> different things. It's just fun to play. Okay. Um, I don't really take it that serious, like how I would take like a Mass Effect game seriously. Uh, but yeah, probably Crusader Kings 3. Um, also one that I haven't heard really anything about since it was premiered at the PlayStation. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Was was the PlayStation Expo or was it the, the launch of the PS5 or the uh, premiere of the PS5? Uh, is uh, Stray the Cat King? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you remembered that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I keep on forgetting about that. And then I just saw a quick picture of it uh, about a week ago. And I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that game. And they, yeah. I can't remember that if looks... that game was supposed to be. Yeah, was that supposed to be a, um, a launch game? That no, was... it was never supposed yeah. to be a launch game. No. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. And, and do you remember when it premiered? I think it was, was it Game Expo. Yeah, I think it was not the PS5 launch or yeah, but it was like one of the video events they had like after that, I believe. I'm like, yeah, yeah, not 100 sure, but they've had a few since then, so it was one of those. <laughs> yeah, so probably Stray. Yeah, I, I got to put that on there too. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna definitely look intriguing. <laughs> yeah. And another one I forgot to mention too. We finally got a. Uh, get the release of hope the two DC games coming out. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League again. Not super excited about it, but Batman Gotham Knights, that one I really am looking forward to playing. And I know that one's been uh, delayed also into 2022. So hopefully it comes out this year. But looking forward to some fun co-op action on that one with the, the Bat family members. So I uh, gotta throw that yeah. one in there too. Nothing uh or another game um that I'm sort of looking forward to as a fun little thing that you can play on the side is the uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Yeah. Um, that looks really good when it comes like just even not even making it as a Lego right? game. Yeah, yeah it's delayed. got delayed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's supposed to come out last year. Like, yeah. No, no, I want to uh, say even 2020. Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they had just announced the release date for that. I think it was April 11th or something like that. Sometime in April. Yeah, but it does look really good. You could kind of see the polish it has and why it's been delayed so much because the graphics on it look really impressive uh, just how much, okay yeah and just how much it looks to be cramming in there yeah yeah j just as a fun little thing right exactly yeah yeah i'm just kind of scrolling through like a release like 
2022 games another one that was like a casual fun game to play we talked about on an episode when it was announced that uh warner brothers multiverses with all the different warner brothers ip who <laughs> were pretty much their smash oh, brothers game. yeah so, yeah I forgot. <laughs> that one i'm looking forward to too As always, no shortage of video games in <laughs> 2022. Just a matter of finding the time to play them and the money. But that's why Game Pass is so great. <laughs> because yeah. especially for Microsoft games, the big games that you're looking forward to, you have a subscription, you can just play it because most games are like 70 bucks now on this new console generation. So it's like it really has to be one I have to play on day one in order to make that first day purchase. So go with Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass. For any first-party games, you don't have to worry about that. So that makes it really, really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, I I mean, I don't speak for you, obviously, Tim, but I don't really care for care about the Halo franchise. But mm, because I, it's a part of the Game Pass, like... Why I, not, right? I'm play, <laughs> yeah, I've got it downloaded on my Xbox, so I'm going to play it. Yeah, I just started playing Halo Infinite this week, and... I'm really enjoying it. When I first started, like the first two missions, it felt like, okay, your typical Halo game. Graphics look really great, but nothing that mm-hmm. feels different or new besides a fun grappling hook. But once you get onto the actual Halo ring and it becomes an open world, that's where you start saying, oh, man, this is really like different and great like addition to the Halo franchise. I'm really enjoying the open world aspect to the first-person shooter because I don't think I've really played an open world first-person shooter game. I know there's some out there like, destiny yeah. but i've never actually played it but this one has been really fun so far oh so it is an open world where you can go and do the do, do the quests and stuff yeah mm-hmm. oh, okay the so, only so thing it's not like you're transitioning into a thing no right uh, okay the um, only thing is which is disappointing because yeah. it was delayed a whole year you think they'd is to be included in the launch is there's no co-op in the campaign yet it won't be available really? to like may and wow as I'm playing, I was like, oh, man, this would be really fun in co-op. So it's like, yeah. it's kind of stinks. Yeah, it's still away from that. And you can't go back and play the, the previous missions, right? That's, I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't really looked into mm-hmm. that. I'm sure they're going to add stuff to it once it becomes yeah. available or find someone who hasn't played it yet and play it with them again. Because <laughs> it'd still be fun. But huh, I'm having so, fun. So I wonder, I wonder what happens when you get to the end of the game. Then what is, is that just like a dead space? Yeah, or like some more stuff opens up, but I have a feeling yeah. they'll probably add stuff. They'd probably be like season pass DLC and all yeah. that to get it to it. But... Have you played the the multiplayer? I did. I was actually playing some of it last night. It is fun. I mean, I don't play a lot of first person shooter multiplayers because I, I never yeah. do good. But Halo has always been my favorite. Like I don't, I actually get some kills in Halo. <laughs> Where it's not just I'm getting my butt kicked, and they're just fun. Like capture the flag was I did a fun one last night on that, and then Team Slayer and one where it's like you have to hold on to I forget the actual term of this type type of game, but like we have to hold on to an object for a certain amount of time, and you have no weapon, and your team has to protect you. So like it's just really fun, and I don't do terrible at it, so, which makes it <laughs> why I enjoy the Halo ones the best. The only negative is like. All the like cosmetic upgrades and stuff, the customization you can do to your armor, it's all like it's almost like the paid DLC stuff where like you have to pay to oh, no. unlock the stuff. It's not just where you get it through progression. Some of them you do, but I think like the cool stuff is the ones you have to actually pay for. <laughs> Microtransactions. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, unless I'm wrong, unless I just haven't looked into it long enough. But when I just click glance at the menu, it seems like it's stuff you have to pay for. I see. But with Game Pass, it won't make it too bad because you're not paying anything for the game. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I I just can't get into the multiplayer shooters sort of games. I just I don't know if my reaction is too slow or if it's like. No, I'm not twitchy enough, <laughs> but I, I always end up dead, like, and I don't see the guy yeah. who killed me. Exactly. Dead. It doesn't make yeah. it fun. Yeah, it's not fun for me. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I've never played the Call Oh, I have, but I haven't played the Call of Duty games since their multiplayer, yeah. since the first, or since Call of Duty 4 came out on the Xbox 360. That was the only one <laughs> I dove a little bit into, and then I just did terrible. <laughs> well, if they do a co-op, uh, a co-op sort of like, not not the missions from the you know the game but they they create like more of a a new yeah sort of like missions where you can do it with with other people totally you know and i can see actually, myself playing that same and my favorite type of like multiplayer shooter is like survival co-op where you're just fa- facing waves and waves of enemies that just get bigger right. and bigger the more you do i love that type of uh, shooter multiplayer that to me that's the most fun where you just get a group of friends and you just try to see how long you could survive working together to take out these hordes of enemies because the, they had that in some of the other halo games the one in halo reach was tons of fun and gears of war really made that i think popular their horde mode that was fun yeah. so i wish yeah i wish that was something uh, battlefront had like a good survival type thing uh where it's like you and four just four other players surviving against waves of enemies which is so much fun they had co-op, right, in uh, Battlefront 2? Yeah, they did. But yeah, not, not for the campaign, like the... though. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah. It, just, it almost felt more like a tack-on than something they really put more effort into other areas of the multiplayer than that. Uh, Battlefront 2 has like, one of the most frustrating, like, I'm, I'm trying to shoot you, but you're... you're uh-huh. The, the aiming is really bad. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't really yeah, have that trouble too much. But. Uh, again, maybe it's just me <laughs> that has a problem with that. Stick to a lightsaber, not a, get, not a blaster or a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like, like I, I, I would go, like, let's just say Kylo Ren, and then, you know, do a big swing of the lightsaber and completely miss the guy. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it is you, Dane. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's me. Okay, wow. <laughs> I gotta stop playing these games. All single player only for me. Yeah. I guess. Well, that's not the majority of what I I play anyway. It's like I said, it's, only, it's rare when I do multiplayer nowadays. But I'm surprised they haven't done a Mass Effect MMO. You know, uh, yeah, perfect universe for it. But that's that's a good point. Yeah, they haven't done one, especially like when when those games were releasing. That was the prime time for. MMOs, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I wonder if they had a plan, but scrapped maybe. Maybe Anthem took its place. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that was not worth it. <laughs> Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Three did have a really fun multiplayer, though. I wish they would have included it in the Legendary Edition, but they didn't. It was it was a fun four player co op uh, oh, shooter yeah. based. Yeah. Oh. And what like you? it's it's like a mission yeah like a separate mission from the game yeah you go you go to these locations in mass effect 3 and then you'd be able to do them a multiplayer and it was basically 
I can't say too much about spoiling, but it affected kind of the story and a little bit of the outcome. The more you played the multiplayer and how it affected something you're trying to do in the main story of Mass Effect. It was pretty cool how they integrated it. That's just why I'm disappointed how did it return for the Legendary remake. But I, I, I actually... Uh, you have not played it, but... <laughs> Uh, the the only multiplayer game I had an advantage in uh, was uh, The Last of Us multiplayer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it was so complicated and uh, cre- creating stuff like uh, you know building stuff and getting supplies and stuff, where where you could just go behind somebody that was building stuff and kill them. That's the <laughs> only. That's the only uh, sort of. Multiplayer that I was semi semi thin successful. <laughs> we actually got some kills in, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't the kill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't realize Last of Us had a multiplayer. I probably didn't yeah. realize that. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody played it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Except for me, apparently, and a couple other people. I guess that's why I did so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess. The last thing it's on the comic and book front. I mean, not too many stuff's jumping out at me as far as comic stuff. As you know, I've said before, kind of stepped away from like the main Marvel and DC comic runs. Like, do my catch up now on uh, Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe. So, but any like no big event stuff really has grabbed my attention. Um, I am enjoying the still the Tom Taylor's uh, Knights of Steel story, the medieval DC Universe <laughs> comics, which is that's one of the few I've been buying monthly, which has been good. But I guess I'm going to be kind of do an obvious one here for my anticipated comic of 2022. And it's just got to be the last Ronin, the final issue. <laughs> we talked about how issue two is my favorite of 2021. And the last one just might be my favorite of 2022. We'll see. But just the anticipation for it. I mean, knowing what we got in the story and no, just to see how, find out how it ends. It's just, I just can't wait to read it. So kind of a no brainer, but uh, TMNT, The Last Ronin, Issue 5, my most anticipated comic. And I'll just throw in a book out there I can't wait for, too, which obviously no surprise here either, a Star Wars novel. But the one called Shadows of the Sith, which is going to do more with uh, Luke and Lando kind of investigating uh, to, to their investigation to find the planet Exegol and how they dealt with Ochi of Bastoon and the stuff that kind of teased in Rise of Skywalker. And I remember seeing the movie thinking, man, the stuff they're said they're mentioning here would make for a great book that I hope we get someday and we're going to get it this year. So that one uh, I'm really looking forward to when it comes to the new Star Wars novels. There's going to be some exciting Star Wars novels coming out this year. There's another one about Obi-Wan and Qui- or Obi-Wan and Anakin. That should be pretty cool just to kind of get more of a new story set in that era of them as Vassar and Apprentice before the Clone Wars. So, and I believe that book is going to actually show and detail how Anakin becomes a Jedi Knight and moves on from a Padawan. So, some good Star Wars books coming out in 2022 that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Shadows. Uh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, probably that. And, you know, in uh, on December 31st, there um, the the last Ronin will come out. <laughs> December 31st. I don't say that. <laughs> It's supposed to be early 2022, I think, for what I'm hearing. So I'm hoping like March, April, something like that. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
come on, we have to be optimistic, but yet realistic also, and not yeah. expect it to be right around the corner. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that'll do it. Well, actually, I'll be say something personal that I'm looking forward to in 2022. I'll be going in next month, Dane, actually. Well, we're still in January, but in March, I will be attending 311 Days this year in 2022 in Vegas. Yes. Oh, good. Get your uh, get your booster. Uh, I'm getting my booster next week, actually. So. Oh, good. good. I'll have it just uh, in time. I, I I can't wait to hear your your field report of uh, of the uh, uh, 311 days. So so what are they doing different uh, this year? Because you figure they they haven't really had it uh, the last two years. So like, what are they going to be doing different? Is, well, is they didn't have a, it last. They didn't have it last year. Obviously, they did actually. They do it uh, every other year is where they do like their big concerts. And they pretty much did their last one in 2020, like just in time before everything started shutting down because of the pandemic. It's like they just made it in. <laughs> and then afterwards is when everything started shutting down. But so they didn't really miss a year because it, they do it uh, bi-yearly. So uh, but this one's going to be two nights, a uh, Friday and Saturday extended set lists on each night. So but it's kind of just their formula. The one in 2020, they went really big. They did a three-day event, which I wish I would have went to, but wasn't able to. But this one is going to – this will be my second 311-day event. I went to one in 2012, so this will be nice to kind of have it where it's exactly 10 years since my first one. And then going back to experience it again, I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be at the MGM Park Theater, which I've seen – videos and images of the venue it looks really like a great venue to see a show not too not too big where it's like an arena but every seat is like a good seat where you can see the stage and don't feel like you're super far away so i i feel i got a nice seat but again it's one of those areas where no seats uh is a bad seat so uh, i'm looking forward to it i can't wait to because it's been a while since i've been to a 311 show and to have it be a 311 day show no less it's going to be really really fun so looking forward to yes experiencing it and then giving my field report <laughs> on the show because i wasn't able to do it when i my first one because i remember actually going emailing like you and gary and pj where we're shed, started trying to set up bat fans on the batman universe and trying to get a date set up and because i believe our first episode was in april if i remember right 10 years ago 10 years ago almost and so really? yeah couldn't oh. really recap 311 day my first one was if we didn't have a podcast to talk on so <laughs> So, let me get this straight. So, so, so you're going down there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or going to Las Vegas? Um, is it always in Las Vegas, or did they it's, change it? It used to be in New Orleans. That's where they usually had it. Then 2010 oh. was the first time they did it in Vegas, and they kind of switched back and forth between Vegas and New Orleans. But the last few years, it's been Vegas. Oh, I see. And then, um, so you, you're going to go for both nights, then? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you uh, are are you going to be, be be meeting like fans, the three eleven fans that you've talked with on Twitter, and then like you're going to get like see them? For the first I hope time? so. That'd be that'd be nice because I know a lot of the people I follow on Twitter who are fellow three eleven fans are going, so it would be kind of cool to meet up with them for the first time. So that's another kind of added aspect I didn't have on the first three eleven day show because I was on Twitter then, but that. The time I had like ten followers or something like that, so I didn't really have uh, too many Twitter friends back then. But since then, 
know got to know a lot of fellow 311 fans on Twitter, which has been cool. So looking forward to hopefully be able to meet some of them when we go to the weekend 311 day. So that's another added bonus to it. Well, hopefully you have fun, Tim. Hopefully uh, nothing gets in the way. Yes, I have no doubt I'll have fun, but like you said, hopefully nothing gets in the way. (laughs) Nobody can, uh, they they don't cancel it. Yes. Uh, Because I saw like Adele canceled her Vegas uh, stay or whatever, her Vegas concerts. And like, I I hope hope 311 doesn't have, have to do the same thing. I hope not either, but like we still got a little bit of a ways to go, so <laughs> we never know. But yeah. so far, it's looking good that it's going to happen. Well, unfortunately, Dane's internet decided to go out right as about we're about to wrap up the episode. But um, I'll go ahead and take us out with the outro since Dane, unfortunately, we lost him <laughs> because of his internet. But um, as always, thank you everyone for listening. You can find us over at the Batman Universe at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at BatfansPodcast. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to at BatfansWithoutPants at gmail.com. So, and with that, like we say at the end of every single episode, we love each and every one of you with all of our Mass Effect biotic hearts. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Yeah.